Hello, everyone. Welcome to China Money Podcast. I'm your host Nina Xiang. Our guest today is Winston Ma, Chief Investment Officer of China Silk Road Investment Capital. After ten years as a managing director at Chinese sovereign wealth fund China Investment Corporation, Winston Ma started his own investment firm earlier this year to seek investment opportunities along a buzz phrase, the Digital Silk Road. After Chinese President Xi Jinping first raised the concept in 2017, Digital Silk Road has become part of what Beijing hopes to elevate. The negative perceptions related to traditional infrastructure projects that the Belt and Road Initiative has been financing in the past number of years. Ma was among the first group of overseas hires by CIC as the Chinese Sovereign Wealth Fund was created in 2007. He was a founding member of CIC's private equity department and later the special investment department for direct investing. Before CIC, Mar worked at Barclays Capital, J.P. Morgan, and law firm Davis Park. Mar is the author of multiple books, including China's Mobile Economy, Digital Economy 2.0, Investing in China, and the Digital Silk Road: China's New Growth Story. He spoke to me during an interview on the sidelines of the annual meetings of the new champions held by the World Economic Forum in Tianjin last month. We talked about the digital Silk Road, why it's important, and how it's different from the initial Belt and Road concept. Here is our conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. You just had a book. Can、yeah. you tell us a little bit about the book、yeah. on digital Silk Road?、Uh, yes, yeah. So, so this is、uh, the third book of a series on digital、uh, digital economy, right? So the the first book was 2016 book China's mobile economy, which was published at the high time of China's mobile internet boom, in connection with the spread of smartphones. And the second book, 2017, was titled the Digital Economy 2.0, and that was. After G20 Hangzhou Summit, where President Xi and other leaders announced to use digital economy evolution to bring new growth to the global economy, and the the third book, the the most recent, the the the, the new book of 2018, is titled、uh, Digital Silk Road, because President Xi last year used this. Digital Silk Road term to describe the the intersection between digital economy and the Belt Road Initiative. So these are the sequence of the three books, and and, and for the new book,、uh, the, the 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 focus is on China's digital、uh, transformation as well, but more on its global impact. So explain the concept of digital Silk Road.、Mm. Well, you know,、uh, at, the, at the at the first blush, you can think about the digital Silk Road is the convergence of, of of the convergence of the digital economy initiative and the Belt Road initiative, right?、Uh, because traditionally, the、uh, actually just a few years ago, the 2013, the Belt Road initiative was announced. And for most of the time, people relate the the, the Belt Road Initiative、uh, to traditional infrastructures like railroads, like reservoirs, like dams,、um, like the, the, the high-speed train infrastructure.、Right? Infrastructures, right? The traditional. 
Uh, however, in recent years, the digital economy is revolutionizing the global economy right? and revolutionizing all the industries. So therefore, it, it is a very advanced thinking to add the digital economy component to the Belt Road Initiative. Uh, for example, uh, going forward, when people think about the infrastructures, not only they should think about the traditional infrastructure, they should also think about the quote-unquote smart infrastructure. Right? Um, it, since, uh, since many countries are going to smartphone, uh, smartphones and 5G networks, there will be a lot more need of the technology infrastructure like the telecom networks, uh, like the fiber optics networks, um, and like the, the towers for, or the satellites, so on and so forth. Right? So there's a lot more need for the new kind of uh, infrastructure. And secondly, digital technologies can also make the traditional infrastructure infrastructures more efficient and more energy, uh, more environmental friendly. But before you get to the yeah. second point, let yeah. me ask you the first mm. point you just made. Right. So, in the historical mm -hmm. Silk Road, mm -hmm. we had goods, commodities right. being transported along the Silk Road. Yes. So now you were just saying how we can have smart infrastructure, perhaps, along the, the, the Belt and Road Initiative. That's, that's and, right. And how does this become, be implemented in reality? Mm. So. We have seen infrastructure type of project. Mm. China will be providing the expertise, mm. the financing, yep. um, and the, the policy support. Right. So, for this type of smart infrastructure, yes. does it work in a similar way? Uh, yes and no. Yeah, it is still very similar in, in the sense that you know there's a, a lot of uh, government support to it, and there's a lot of uh, China capital will go into into uh, both sides, right? The traditional infrastructure and the the, 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 the digital infrastructure or the smart infrastructure. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, at the same time, uh, you will see more diverse forms of investments right, for the digital Silk Road. Uh, for example, you may traditionally we see a lot, uh, a lot of the projects are financed by debt and banking loans. Right? And for the digital Silk Road, we may see more equity linked investments. And more private capital participation. That's right, that's right. Yeah. So traditionally, traditional participants are the policy banks and the large commercial banks. And here you see more digital companies like the BAT guys or the investment funds like myself and even startup companies looking for new markets. And then from the investment horizon perspective, traditional deals Traditional investments tend to be very long dated, right? And here for Digital Silk Road, you may see more nimble investments as well. Um, but that's how this will be implemented, right? So, okay. Mm. You are an investment institution mm -hmm. actively participating in this Digital Silk Road mm -hmm. investment activities. Right. What's your uh, what's your expectations or forecast for mm. how lucrative or how you know how much return or are they are they really good investments? Oh, that's a, uh, yeah. oh okay, yeah. You know, of course, that's a, that's a key question for any investment platforms. Yeah. So so, so that's why I, I I mentioned there will be diverse forms of investments, right? Because for more infrastructure related related projects, 
probably the the policy banks, the commercial banks, are still the better player to 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 participate. Yeah, for example, the the 5G networks, these large uh, national infrastructures for the for the for the Belt Road countries. Right. Uh, on the other hand, uh, uh, when you talk about uh, digital services like uh, new digital e-commerce, right? Then you, you will see more in, uh, equity investments from investment funds, uh, which is more more like uh, which is more digital economy type of business, less infrastructure business. So you still have to separate those uh, different pro- separate different projects to, to, to find the best players to take the risk reward. You know, you, earlier you talked about the, uh, the, the the difference between the, the traditional infrastructure and the digital Silk Road, right? Uh, I think uh, one important difference is that the digital Silk Road think beyond the infrastructure itself. Right? Uh, you, you also think about what they can do when they have the smart infrastructure. Uh, so, for example. Uh, uh, traditionally, let's say if you have a farmer uh, uh, in, in an isolated, in a remote village in Africa, right? and uh, when, when there's a road is built, uh, uh, this farmer can sell his uh, his or her prod- production of vegetable to a little further, right? you know, from the village to the nearby city, or maybe even the whole country because of the new road system, right? Uh, but uh, that's, that's still relatively local. On the other hand, when they have internet connectivity, when they have the e-commerce infrastructure, the farmer can become an online vendor. And they can even provide the products to the world market. Right? The one example is Alibaba's, uh, one example is the Singles Day, November 11 in China. Right? The, uh, it's it's a 24-hour shopping extravaganza, and last year, 2017, uh, you, you, we have seen buyers, sellers, merchants from more than 200 countries participated in this Singles Day shopping festival. Uh, so when and there was a 25 billion, 25 billion US dollar worth of trade on that day. Right? So when when, when a when a, a, a vendor, when a merchant, when a vendor in a remote market is connected to a large online global ecosystem or platform, they have a lot more opportunities. Okay, I understand. So that's the first point, point you made. Mm-hmm. You were going to make a second point yes. about the, the differences. Oh, the, the second point is uh, the digital economy, the digital technologies can make traditional infrastructure more sufficient, more efficient, more environmentally friendly, right? Uh, because, uh, for, 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 for a long time, the, the Belt and Road initi- Initiative had some controversial because some people argued that these massive projects may, may uh, 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 exacerbate pollution issues, right? Or they, they, they may create resource waste or many different things. So the question is, is, is it possible? Is it possible to have a green transformation through, through the Belt and Road Initiative? Right? And, and I would argue that the digital technology may help that because 
uh, in, in, in many areas, the, uh, the new digital technologies can, can make can make projects uh, consume less resource uh, and make it more make them more environmentally environmental friendly. So, for example. In some projects in Pakistan, energy projects in Pakistan, Chinese, uh, Chinese operator worked with Siemens to put in energy, energy efficient uh, gas turbine in those projects. And also, uh, new digital technologies can, can make the, uh, the, the planning and the, 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 the planning and the, uh, construction process more efficient. You know, saving saving time, uh, saving time to pr uh, uh, construct the sites, uh, which also reduce reduces the consumption of resources. Um, and also, you you see the more big data application on those big uh, on those massive projects, and they give people better understanding of the usage of the infrastructure. So those are the obvious benefits, but obviously this can also face a lot of challenges. For example, data. Mm -hmm. um, privacy or mm -hmm. or data protection right. uh, because of GB, uh, GDPR right. and how across different countries in Asia they have correspondent with their own data mm -hmm. privacy regulation right. and that will present challenges I'm sure other challenges as well right. so what are the, the, the major challenges you think facing the digital Silk Road? Oh, that's a great question uh, because on one side the more data flow the better the business um, which is obvious, right? Uh, so if you have, so one on one side, free and uh, free data flow without regulatory restrictions will be good for global trade. Um, but that's in the ideal world. That's the ideal, right? Yeah. The, so uh, on the other hand. Uh, there's a lot more self-consciousness everywhere, globally, right, about the privacy of uh, 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 of user data as well as the sovereignty, uh, data sovereignty of of nations. Right? Um, uh, at this moment, there's no, answer, no no clear answer yet. There's no clear answer yet. Um, so, from a China's digital silk road perspective, China's position is to develop uh, to, is to develop a collective protocol to create a a common cyberspace for common destiny. Okay, that's a, that's a China's uh, positioning or the suggestion. Right? It's a, it, it, like we create a common cyberspace of common destiny. Uh, but if that's the proposal, China has the most strict firewall mm. in the world. Mm. That you know the data flow is not freely in and out from China. So how does that reconcile? Naturally, in the for the for the global trade flow, you will, you will find that the you will find the the data sovereignty issue. Uh, is it, being raised, but it has not been solved, um, and that's part of the reason that we are at the World Economic Forum here, right? As as you know, the uh, WEF Davos has has been working, has has, has promoting for a long time, right? A, a, a multi-stakeholder approach uh, to the to the global data flow. Yeah.
So, what's your hope for the digital Silk Road? What do you think is the best case scenario? Well, you know, I, th I think if we think very positively, there's a lot of opportunities there. If we think very positively, you know, there are multiple opportunities there. Um, now, number one uh, is, is, is a global trade, trade flow uh, by, connecting, by connecting the by different small markets into a connected e-commerce ecosystem. So that, so that the vendors, mer merchants will have access to a much larger market than before. Right? And number two, also very, very positively, is for the entrepreneurs from small markets. You know, when they have, uh, when they have a good idea, in their own markets, they, 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 can only, they can only have such limited numbers of users, right, very small market. But when they are connected to the large ecosystem, uh, they have better chance to test their ideas and uh, commercialize their products. Right? And the third, uh, very also very promising, is to find is to general ways to connect people on the research side. Right? By the digital Silk Road, we're connecting with different different markets, different talents from different countries, um, and for the for the general topics of. Uh, uh, Artificial intelligence or robotics and so on and so forth, right? There may be, there will be the hope that we can work together on on those uh, uh, common issues, and we have seen that. Uh, like Alibaba has has uh, uh, has teamed with uh, the National Technology University of Singapore to set up a joint venture uh, a research lab on AI in Singapore. Uh, I think going forward, we will, we will see more of that, uh, probably between China and some of the uh, uh, Eastern Europe, Eastern Europe countries. You know, they also have very talented engineers, but they may not have the same uh, innovation system, innovation ecosystem, as we have in China, right? You know, the, the plenty of uh, uh, VCP capital, right? The, the manufacturing, the smart manufacturing capabilities. The smart hardware manufacturing capabilities, and then lots of young talents, right? Uh, and, the, and the government support, uh, so on and so forth, right? So, so, so for them, uh, they, they may find uh, good partners to research on the cutting edge topics. Oh, great, yeah. thank you. Yeah.